0: Hey everybody! If you've enjoyed the content I've been sharing on this podcast, I think you will love my new free ebook, How to Create Resilient Health. One of my signature talks covers why stress impacts our health so negatively and what exactly we can do about it. After every time I give that talk, I always get requests from people in the audience for the actual presentation so that they can go back through it again and reference it on an ongoing basis. This was happening so much that I finally realized I needed to create a new resource on the topic, which is this beautiful ebook I've just released. In this book, I break down the stress response, symptoms of stress, how stress impacts your health and your hormones, and most importantly, share what you can do to make yourself more resilient to it. I share healthy strategies relating to lifestyle, nutrition, and supplements to help you create and maintain the habits needed to better thrive under stress. If you're one of millions of Americans that have struggled with chronic stress, you are not alone. Let this ebook be your guide. Hop on over to yourlongevityblueprint.com Forward slash creating hyphen resilience for your free download.
1: For you and I, the functional lab testing is the game changer in combination with traditional blood work.
0: Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from Dr. Dan Cardalicchio. Today, we're going to dive into gut health functional lab testing and what truly makes personalized care. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Dan Cardalicchio, who is a chiropractic physician and holds an MS degree in human nutrition from the University of Bridgeport, where he serves as an adjunct professor. Dr. Dan is passionate about transforming our broken disease-focused system to a true healthcare system, finding the true root cause of all diseases. Dr. Dan had a heart attack at the age of 37, and since that time, he's dedicated his life's work to helping those restore balance in their life. Dr. Dan works with individuals with metabolic dysregulation, such as heart disease, diabetes, and metabolic syndrome. Dr. Dan has become a leader and educator in the field of metabolic nutrition and functional biochemistry. He uses state-of-the-art diagnostic testing, and his clinical experience is used to help determine the cause of your condition and the best course of action for his patients. Dr. Cardolicchio is a dynamic, energetic, captivating, and thought-provoking speaker. He looks forward to meeting you to discuss your nutritional needs. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dan.
1: Thank you very much. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Usually I am the one that's doing the interviewing. <laughs> However, I'm getting more, I'm getting interviewed more. So it's always interesting. So if I start interviewing you at one point during yeah. the conversation, tell me to stop. Okay, well, flip it around, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm going to call you Dr. Dan because your last name um, yeah, right, is but... <laughs> it's definitely a mouthful. Yeah,
1: it was very good.
0: Well, tell us your story. Your bio is very interesting. Obviously, you had a heart attack very early in life, which has fueled your passion. So Let's start with your story. Kind of tell us about that and how you got so interested in functional medicine.
1: So I'm a chiropractor by trade, and I'm one of those type AAA driven type of individuals. And when I had graduated from chiropractic school, I wanted to set the world on fire, and I just had this grand these grand goals of having practices with medical doctors you know physiatrists anesthesiologists orthopedic surgeons physical therapy and that's exactly what we did and we did this in three different states New Jersey New York and Connecticut so my partners and I we we set these up and we were serving humankind and you know when you're when you're serving at a high level money is coming in and so forth and we we got to be very successful in helping patients and and as well as you know monetarily and what happened was is that now I'm traveling to three different states from northern New Jersey. It was very stressful and your lifestyle changes. You get married, you get that, you know, first year 10 pounds when you get married. I just gained in a six year period of time from traveling from office to office, I gained like 60 pounds, so maybe 70 pounds. I think I was like 260. Healthcare was changing. There was a lot of stress, a lot of stress running big practices. We had over 100 employees. And it became very stressful. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I was eating out whatever fast food restaurant was there. I was not exercising. I was not taking care of myself. And I went to the doctors. He said, You got a little bit of blood pressure. Why don't you just, you know, you, should, you know, watch your stress. All I know. Stephanie, is that at one point in time, I remember being uh, in the office on a Tuesday, and I started blacking out. I remember getting tunnel vision and kind of blacking out. And there was a hospital right across the street from me. I went into the hospital, and uh, there was a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon, just happened to be there. And he looked at me, and I referred cases over to him. And he says, "Dan, you're going to die." I don't remember checking in. All I remember is lying down and they had the pads, they had the oxide paste. My blood pressure was 230 over 120-ish. To me, you do feel it on the left side of your face, (laughs) in your jaw. And it was like a marble going down a blood vessel. I felt like a marble and it stopped in my shoulder and I passed out. And And I awoke and they said I had this mild heart attack. And I just kind of looked down, and I, I looked at my stomach, and I said, "Wow!" I said, "This is not happy." And follow-up visits, my cholesterol was a little bit over 500. My triglycerides were 1,227, and most people don't survive. And this is how I got involved into functional medicine. I did. Listen, I'm not anti-medicine. I needed to take Tricor. I needed to take Lipitor at that point. I got I gotta get that down. I remember saying to to, to my primary care, I'm gonna go run. He says, You're not running. He goes, You're gonna die if you run. He said, You're gonna walk a little bit. And I found a functional medicine doctor. And I had no idea exactly what that was.
0: That was I mean, a long this, time I mean, ago too. I mean, I mean, yes. you know, great. I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying like you were older. Oh, I old. am
1: a little bit <laughs> step. <stubborn.
0: laughs> older than me. I'll say you're older than me. So so back then I imagine they really weren't as prevalent as they are now. No. So and-
1: The functional medicine doc was a chiropractic friend of mine who has a master's degree in nutrition, and he ordered some of the interesting blood work of the day, and he sat me down. He went through all of this. He changed my entire life. He changed my entire life. This is how I got into this. He looked at me, and he says, you're really into this. Go for a master's in nutrition. You can do this in your office. That's what I did. I didn't see him for three years. I just started eating appropriately. I was taking targeted nutrition supplements. The weight went down and I'm 60. I'm going to be 61 in a couple of months. And I can keep up with my son in the gym on most exercises, not all. And this is how I got into it. And it's really a game changer. I just love being a functional medicine physician.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I want to ask back then, I kind of have my own story. We all do, right? I had my own kind of personal health crisis. I had tachycardia, very fast heart rate. And I was very stressed out. Also, I only had 10 employees, not 100. But that was stressful. Yes, it
1: is.
0: Looking back now, that was years ago, right? But looking back now, I can see how my body was probably sending me signals. So I guess my question is, was your body sending you signals? You mentioned you had put on some weight, right? But in the moment, I was clearly blind to those. I was just all... Full speed ahead. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're getting through your day. Like
1: that is a great question. That is a really interesting question because I will tell you the month leading up to the heart attack, I knew I was having a heart attack. I knew it. I couldn't stop myself though. I was addicted to food. I was addicted to fast foods, to processed foods, to all of that stuff that you and I talk about to our patients now. I couldn't stop it. I mean, I remember driving home and for those of you listening from New Jersey on Route 9 South and I pull into a fast food place and I get a burger and I get large fries and 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 a sugary cola and I took one bite and I threw everything out the window because I said I'm going to have a heart attack and I felt myself your hands were clammy you know My I was my face was white I was sweating you know I would wake up in the morning and my heart was pounding and you know it was it was a struggle Literally to walk upstairs, I I was like out of breath. I'm sitting there saying to myself, "I ran marathons, I played football, I played basketball, high school, college things." And you know, I'm having a difficult time. I mean, I remember one time, literally, I'm watching TV, and I used to have cereal at like ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. Because now I'm starving again, and I have a box of cereal. And then to walk up the stairs, my my head is, I'm dizzy. I'm having difficulty breathing. And I said, this is not the way it should be. I'm a healthcare provider, right?
0: Right. But sometimes healthcare providers, I mean, I remember working in the hospital. I, one day I, I kind of looked around and I'm like, most all these nurses are significantly overweight. Like what is healthcare turning into? Like what, literally, what is it turning into? <laughs> it's not a healthcare model. And it, yeah.
1: It is a sick care model that we're into. It's a situation where we look at symptoms. It's a situation where we're looking For entities to help us. And that model is not working. So you and I are kind of disrupting that model a little bit, or a lot of it, because I think that that is not the way healthcare should be. Don't look to something on the outside. Don't look to whatever. I mean, mutual friends, and they would sit there and say to you, oh, you're going to use your insurance company and you're going to have your insurance company dictate your health. No, that's the worst possible thing. You can possibly in your life, but we've become accustomed to this, right? We've become accustomed, a cup of coffee. Maybe you're doing a shift and it's 10 o'clock at night, cup of coffee, a little, a little cake to get you through the next three hours. Five o'clock was coffee and cake for me in my office. The secretaries, we just make a little coffee. They had a little cake. I go in a couple of bites, a little bit, you know, then you go see patients and then you just go, no, it's, it's, it's not a lifestyle that is smart.
0: I think a lot of individuals maybe feel lost also, and that they they maybe don't even know functional medicine exists. Like you knew something's wrong. I'm Mm going to go seek out and find a functional medicine doctor who clearly helped you. But I think a lot of individuals are not aware that functional medicine even exists. So I actually want to stay maybe on the topic of uh, heart disease, metabolic syndrome here for a moment. I want to get into gut health practices, whatnot. But since you're just sharing your story about heart disease, do you want to share some of the functional lab tests? Actually, and I don't even know back then if no advanced lipid testing was available or whatnot, but can you share for our listeners it
1: wasn't it wasn't exactly available, but for you and I, the functional lab testing is the game changer in combination with traditional blood work right and if you're going to do an advanced lipid test it's really an interesting situation because everybody talks about cholesterol, and cholesterol has some positive um Aspects to it, right? It's good for hormone balancing and development. But I like to do the advanced testing and I like to, you know, add in what we call a big word apolipoproteins, right? There's A1 and B. And we take a look at these, and it's a situation we're looking at inflammation in the body. The APOB is the bad cholesterol, and we want to make sure that we're working on that. It includes um LDLs, the the very low-density lipoproteins, the VLDL. And when those are high, we want to to do strategies. We have strategies to help bring that down. Apolipoprotein A1, good cholesterol. It's cardioprotective. We want to make sure that we're raising that up. I I like to do that. I like to do inflammatory biomarkers. Um, I like to do the C-reactive protein. It just gives a very overall picture of inflammation in your body, you know, it could be coming from your food, from your stress, your diet, your lifestyle. Those are the ones I like to do. And I like, you know what? The other one I like to do is the omega 6 to the omega-3 ratio. I love that one. I really like that a lot. Um arachidonic to EPA. We all hear about omega-3s and omega-6s. Omega-3s are good. They're anti, they have this anti-inflammatory effect, and we want to make sure that we have a proper proportion of the omega-3s to the omega-6s should be one-to-one. But in today's society, it's 15-to-one where we're eating the inflammatory foods, the processed foods, the ultra-processed foods. And those are high in omega-6s, which increases the inflammation in the body. That's a root cause right there, is looking at that inflammation in the body. So people are just eating junk food. I don't like that word term. It's either junk or food, you know? So... What we're coming out of over the last two years, you know, so many people that were eating the cakes, the candies and things of that nature. And that's all omega-6 fatty acids, which increases inflammation in the body. And that that just sets the whole situation up. That just sets everything. That's like a root cause. And now everything starts falling apart from there. Takes a period of time. It takes a period of time. But if that's your lifestyle, that's what you're doing habitually. So I love those advanced lipid panels because it gives so much great information to help treat and to sit there and say, okay, now we need to do X, Y, and Z when it comes to that.
0: A lot of patients who seek me out, at least, and maybe you too, they want to avoid statin medications or just medications in, in general, but we have to assess their personal risk, right? So by not just looking at a lipid panel that their doctor said, you know, you need, they need medication for. We can look beyond that to see kind of what you were saying, the particle sizes, to see how inflamed they are. We can see if they're building plaque. We can see if the, the cholesterol is oxidized. And I think a lot of patients That's another don't one. realize that LDL right. are available, but they are available and we can use them to then personalize their, their care. They up.
1: exist. And then what you and I do is we put together that program based upon that blood work. Listen, as I said, I'm not anti medication. If a patient comes in to me, and i run just a, a regular lipid panel and the triglycerides are 800 i am going to refer them to you so that you can further assess them and maybe they do need some medication at that point to help bring it down but let's also let's also get you off of that medication and let's also take a look at your lifestyle and let's take a look and how can we get you off of that medication what are you doing to bring this about i'm sure you find the same thing And when I I teach at Bridgeport uh, for the for the uh, graduate program in human nutrition, and I always say this, it's a situation if you're eating poorly, you're smoking generally. And if you're smoking generally, generally, you don't have any exercise. If you're not exercising, generally, you are drinking a little bit too much and you're eating poorly. Maybe Friday nights kind of go into the bar and you have a hamburger, you get a double bacon cheeseburger, and you're having a couple of drinks. And next day you get up, you know, feel good. Now you have to have a little coffee, a little sugar to settle it. And then you're going to have some, I don't know, some some type of uh, donut or whatever. That's uh, that's a, That's very normal for individuals. And I find that those individuals, you know, they don't drink a can of sugary soda or an iced tea. Because it's made from the best stuff on earth, of course, right? Remember that commercial? They're having a dozen of those in a day. That's bad. So all of this blood work helps out with all of this.
0: Totally agree. And I, I want to go back to those inflammatory oils. So you, I mentioned to you before we started the interview. I'm from Iowa, and so soy and corn are, you know, on my right and left hand side everywhere I'm driving. Like. Those are in everything. Literally, yes. I took my, my son to a pumpkin patch because we're kind of around the holiday season here. And the man who owned the pumpkin patch said, you know, this is corn. You know, corn is in everything. Like he was proud yes. that corn is in everything. And I'm thinking, no, this is not good. Hypertose corn syrup is in everything. Yes, I see you're proud of that. But that's not healthy. And it's also, I think, very addictive. Yes. So individuals, like you said, who are living this lifestyle with these bad habits, those habits are hard to break. And I, and they, I get that. They
1: are. There was a study done in 2016, I think it was New England Journal of Medicine, and it indicated that corn, wheat and soy, they're fillers. They're using them for fillers. 53% of Americans that consume this, I think it was like 35 or 33 to 35% of those are in excess and they have high lipid markers. They have high waist to hip ratio which is which is bad. And they have pre-diabetes. I don't know what pre-diabetes is, to be honest with you. You're either diabetic or not, as far as I'm concerned, they have all of this metabolic dysregulation going on. When you're cooking with these oils, <clears throat> another interesting fact is that if you cook at high temperatures, these oils become rancid. They become very rancid, and we talked about the omegas. Now you got the omega sixes going on, which in- further increases the inflammation. It could be anything that you're cooking. I mean, we use oil for everything, right? So corn oils and soy, maybe not the best. You got to take a look at that. And that's what you and I do. We'll take a look at that. You know, how are you cooking? What does that look like? And what can we do to take that away from you, right? And say, hey, listen, maybe you should try this instead of doing this. And, you know, by golly, next thing you know, it uh, six weeks goes by, you're down 12 to 15 pounds. You're looking good. You're feeling good. You ought to be in Hollywood and you got more energy and you feel good and you look good. It's just, it's just, it's just a great way to serve humankind.
0: I want to go back. uh, There's so many comments I want to make here. I do want to go back to how you mentioned corn, uh, wheat, and soy, because I know there are tests to see if patients have sensitivities to those foods, but quickly, We do want patients to work to reduce omega-6s, you know, in their life, but they need to increase the omega-3s as well. And we don't have access to fresh fish. We live in Iowa, right? So eating fish isn't maybe as easy for those who are on the coast, whatnot. I mean, yes, you can still get some, but I heavily advocate, and I assume you probably do too, that patients supplement with omega-3 fatty acids. I mean, that's just almost a necessity for many of my patients. I've tested enough people's levels and I know everybody needs more omega-3s.
1: It's important to supplement with the omega-3s. As a matter of fact, it's part of my core four. Nutrition shake, vitamin D, multivitamin, and omega-3s. That's important because it brings down that inflammation because most people, it's not only in the United States too, most people around the world have some type of health risk. Western Europe, they smoke. My cousins out there were smoking when they were 10 years old because that's just accepted, that's norm. And that creates inflammation in your body. So to take and to supplement is extremely important In order to bring down those inflammatory biomarkers, to get rid of that inflammation, and to start you on regulating your biochemistry in your body so that you're functioning better. That's the important aspect. Supplement is very important. That's why we run those panels. Sure.
0: Totally agree. And I do think we, we both agree that kind of inflammation is the root cause of all disease and inflammation yes. starts in the gut. So let's transition to talking about what gut. creates yes, what creates poor gut health.
1: Look to the gut. May I tell all my students, look to the gut always first. So there's so many things that can create a leaky gut intestinal permeability to can get in there and cause havoc in that gut. Stress. Right now, everybody's stressed, right? Everybody's stressed out. Big contributing factor. Eating improper foods for you. You can tell me that you're eating the Mediterranean diet, arguably, right? One of the best diets that is out there. However, there may be components of that diet that may not work for your biochemistry. So we look at food sensitivities or food intolerances. Environmental toxins, Right, we're all exposed to environmental toxins. I'm in New Jersey. We were the chemical company of the world, pharmaceutical company of the world. We were exposed to dioxin. We were agent orange was made two miles away from me. So, environmental toxins, pesticides, insecticides, herbicides, right? And you're in Iowa, so they may be using some of this oh, stuff yeah. for harvesting and farming. Different medications can create this whole situation where your gut gets leaky. It literally gets leaky. So now when you're eating foods, not eating, if you have a slice of pizza with pepperoni, it's not that the pepperoni is going into your bloodstream directly or the, or, or, or the mozzarella cheese. But large proteins that are inflammatory are going into your bloodstream, creating that inflammatory process. So that's what causes this leaky gut, very important to do today, extremely important.
0: And I'm going to add to that gut infection. So you mentioned kind of food sensitivities or intolerances, environmental toxins, and then gut infections. I would say those three by far are things that I'm sure we both assess with our patients. So let's, let's break down the first. Did you know about food sensitivities back when you had your heart attack? Was that part of what your functional medicine provider helped you with, kind of identifying what you needed to take out to reduce inflammation?
1: He did. It was very rudimentary back then. The food, the food intolerance testing, but the technology has just come along so much where the testing, the one lab that I run is 206 or 203 different types of foods. We look at everything from salmon to mackerel to herring to beef to chicken to duck to all sorts of different fruits and veggies that's causing an inflammatory response for you. Cause everybody is unique when it comes to this. And I think that's important to say, everybody's different because your food sensitivity is going to be different than mine going to be different than your husband's and so forth. So we want to find out what you should be eating and what you should be avoiding. And if we avoid those foods that are creating a food sensitive, you know, creating this intolerance, creating inflammation, it's okay. So listen, Salmon is a great source of omega-3 fatty acids. It may not be for you, but there's other sources of omega-3s that we can get into your diet via food or supplements like we were talking before. So that's extremely important. That is, in my practice, and I'm sure in your practice, it's one of the biggest game changers. Because when you're putting together that diet, it's very specific because you hear, oh, you should eat oatmeal for your cholesterol, or you should do this, or you should do, okay. That's nice, but it may not be good for you specifically.
0: Agreed. Yep, uh, definitely a way to personalize the, our approach, yeah, to patients' health. And I would say, regardless of what their symptoms are, whether it's metabolic disease, anxiety, acne, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what the concern is. They're coming in to see me with. Usually, assessing gut health, like you're saying, everything starts in the gut, right? <laughs> is very helpful.
1: That is that that's that's great because gut health. Once you have this leaky gut, you're looking at In part, metabolic dysregulation. You're looking at type 2 diabetes. You're looking at cardiovascular disease, weight loss resistance, hypertension. You're looking at autoimmune conditions, which can lead to skin types of conditions, acne, psoriasis, all of that. So skin conditions can happen, along with anxiety and depression, along with anxiety and depression. Because how many times does somebody come into your office and they say, well, my blood pressure is high. And, you know, my doc ran some panels and, you know, I'm diabetic. There's always some anxiety and depression that's always associated. You find that? I find that. So those are some big conditions that can be helped along when it comes to, you know, looking at your gut. So I love love doing the uh, gut testing.
0: Tell our listeners what lab you use. I I believe you mentioned that you use Vibrant America. I know they have very specialized food testing. They have the Zoomer panels. Can you explain a little bit about how, I guess, specific kind of how fancy those panels are?
1: Oh, my goodness. They are very specific and very fancy. (laughs) I, I could do a whole podcast on that. So let's take a look at something like the Wheat Zoomer test, right, which specifically looks at leaky gut. So we're going to, you know, run the panel. We get the results back. And it tells us whether you have leaky gut or not. It looks at different enzymes that are in the blood so that in different protein sources that are in the blood, because when you have a leaky gut, it literally separates the lining in your gut. And when it does that, enzymes and proteins go directly into your bloodstream. It's looking at those proteins and those enzymes to see if they're elevated, because if they're elevated, you have a leaky gut that's going on. And we need to, what we say, heal that gut. This is amazing. And this is how specific we get when we're looking at this, because then we can treat it in a very specific way. So there's different types of proteins and enzymes that get dumped into the blood. And we take a look at them and we look at their elevated. It also takes it the next step. It looks at gluten. It looks at gliadin which is the actual protein in gluten that causes that gastric, that gut distress, if you will. It'll tell me the different proteins in the gliadin that are high. Not just that gliadin is high, but all the subset of different proteins in there. I love this test.
0: I would say it's so fancy, it's much less likely to miss miss a wheat since or hair gluten. You, you, you issue, don't yeah. miss
1: anything, and it's like you're sitting across from somebody and you say, This is exactly what's going on. You could say it with virtually 100% confidence, if not 100% confidence, in how you can help out an individual.
0: Would you say that the majority of your patients you test do have problems with gluten?
1: Yes, they do. They do because they're eating it all the time, and it's a very caustic compound if you will and it's a caustic food component that does create inflammation much debate on whether you should eat gluten or should my, my patients i'm running this test they're getting better after we give them the program of care because we're looking at the gut and i find that to be all the time by the way just about all the time right
0: Let's go on to looking for gut infections. So again, we kind of mentioned toxins, food sensitivities, and then gut infections can lead to this like leaky gut situation. So tell me what testing you offer for looking for, I guess, another glimpse into gut health and gut infections.
1: You know what? You want to do the stool analysis, right? Because you're doing the stool analysis all the time. There's many different testing stool analysis that you, stool analysis that, that, that you can do. It's going to give us the different bacteria that's in your gut, that's in your stool, your stool is something, it's elimination, everything is, you know, it just runs through your body and it has that bacteria in there. So now we're taking a look at this and we're saying, okay, you have this bacteria high, this bacteria high, this bacteria that's high. Now what we're going to do is we're going to give you targeted supplementation, targeted nutrition to help further heal that gut because it's all of it combined. And I think that's what is so great about functional medicine. You're looking at the root cause, right? This is part of the puzzle. This is part of the puzzle and this is part of the puzzle. It's never just one thing that's going on in your life. It's never one thing. I think it's a whole array of of stuff, if you will. So, doing stool analysis is is another game changer to help out.
0: I think that's kind of where conventional medicine has has it wrong also and that I at least in my in my book here your longevity blueprint I kind of describe the fire department approach where you needed the fire department approach when you had a heart attack you needed them to put sure. out the fire right but then long term you need the carpenter or the contractor to help repair and rebuild the body and that's kind of where functional medicine comes in but i think with conventional medicine many times patients are just seeing specialists they're just their care is so fragmented and no one's putting together you know no one's connecting all the dots that the gluten sensitivity could be causing the acne that you're seeing the dermatologist for, the bloating you're seeing the GI for, and the headache you're seeing the neurologist for. Those doctors aren't communicating or, or nor are they asking what is the patient eating either.
1: I mean, there's a perfect example where you can look at the gut for your acne. So you can go to the dermatologist. Maybe you're taking a medication for it, and maybe you're taking, you know, an antibiotic, which is a very popular, which is very popular drug pharmaceutical to prescribe for that. You're 14, 15 years old. Now your gut medications can cause this leaky gut. Antibiotics. Somebody goes on an antibiotic in my office, they're automatically taking a probiotic all right, to replenish that gut because that antibiotic is just not getting rid of the bad bacteria. It's also getting rid of the good bacteria because it's important that you have good bacteria in your stomach, not the bad bacteria, but the antibiotic gets rid of all of them it's not it's not specific for that that's extremely important but they're not there's no communication. My mother used to come from North Carolina up to our house at this time of the year and stay until Christmas. We go back to North Carolina. She would have two big plastic bags of medications that she would bring on the plane with her. The right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. And then when one, she went to one doctor for this, and then the other doctor said, no, why Why? Why are they giving you this? She was in her 80s. She's not telling them the whole history that she doesn't. She's not even caring at that point. It's very difficult. It's very difficult now because you're taking 20 different medications. And all That's those a lot medications, of
0: medications deplete nutrients, which then leave you more nutritionally starved, and then you're tired. And
1: <laughs> Boy, I can go on for hours about that. So you get nutrient- drug interactions it depletes nutrients if you deplete vitamin D everybody's deficient in vitamin D it helps out with your leaky gut that's another avenue i always do a vitamin and mineral panel at some point in time right to make sure there's no reason to take vitamin C if there's if you're not deficient in vitamin C right you want to target what you're deficient in in order to make your biochemistry work
0: absolutely what are the top nutrients you find patients uh, commonly come back low in?
1: Oh, vitamin D, number one.
0: Yep, yep,
1: vitamin D is huge. Everybody get out in the sun. You're in Iowa. I'm in New Jersey. We're not by the equator. I find patients that are snowbirds that go down to you know Miami for the uh, for the winter in New Jersey. They come back. If I'm running the vitamin and mineral panel, sometimes it's still deficient. Although agreed,
0: it's- agreed. They c- I have all these snowbirds who go to Arizona or Florida. And they're like, oh, I don't need to take my vitamin D because, you know, and they're as tan as tan can be. And they come back from down South and they're still low. So I say, you still have to take your- You still have D.
1: to take your supplementation. Make sure you're taking vitamin D with vitamin K. What are the, you know, what, are, what is that? 5,000, 10,000? Because you look at some of these guidelines and you're, you know, oh, 200 or, you know, no. Vitamin D is always number one across the board. I find vitamin C- is another one that people are deficient in. I just poor diets breaking down. If they just have vitamin C that there's a deficiency in B vitamins all across the board. Those are the ones that I find. Do you find do you have that very similar?
0: Oh yeah, I was just thinking of the last few nutrient panels I was looking at yesterday and I was thinking, what were the top? And I'm like, all these patients were low on everything. I mean, <laughs> magnesium, they're just omega-3 fatty acids. They're they're low on antioxidants, they're just low on almost everything. Even my patients, I've said this before on the podcast, but even my patients who are growing their own organic food, who are eating, I would say relatively well, still need to supplement. It's very rare that I find someone in this day and age who doesn't have to supplement with something.
1: There's so much around supplementation. We're not talking about going to a popular store and just... Patients come in, they're taking bee pollen. Well, why are you taking bee pollen? Well, I went to the store. I got say, sold I, on the bee pollen. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got sold on bee pollen or raspberry ketones or something along those lines. Oh, that's cute. That's nice. How much do you spend per month?
0: <laughs> if you want to save money, do the test, right? To see what you have needs for, and then you can supplement accordingly.
1: Because and, you can have yeah. a three to $400 a month habit going to a popular vitamin store, right? I find that all the time in my office. That's a lot of money, people.
0: Uh, obviously, we're both are doing the same thing, like to test patients. And then I tell them, hey, as you work to heal your gut, you may need to supplement it a little bit less. So hopefully, that's a motivation for them to eat clean and whatnot, and to take gut healing nutrients. So for listeners, I just want to break down again, the stool test is extremely important, because as Dr. Dan said, we get to see good bacteria, see if you're low in good bacteria, if you're really high in good bacteria, you could have a condition called SIBO, which we won't go into, but we've had, you know, other episodes where we've talked about um, that on We can also look to see if you are low on enzymes, see if you need to take hydrochloric acid, digestive enzymes, ox bile. We can see how inflamed you are. We can see if you need more fiber, more short-chain fatty acids, and we can look for parasites, yeast, and bacteria overgrowth. So the stool test can tell so much. And so if you're listening and you haven't had a stool test run... (laughs) this may be a, a good next step for you with rebuilding your health. So I just had to put a plug in for stool testing. We haven't talked a lot about stool testing on the show yet. So. And, and
1: I agree. Listen, January is coming up. Everybody's going to make the resolutions. Get some of the testing done. Get some of that testing done and see where you're at and see what that functional medicine practitioner can do to, to help you out. I think that's important to do. It's your health. It's your health.
0: Totally agree. And i We kind of talked about what nutrients many patients are very low in, uh, but specifically what are gut healing nutrients? So after doing food testing and stool testing, right, when we want to work to heal the gut, what nutrients do you use heavily?
1: I have a protocol where I have a nutrition shake that I recommend out of my office that has glutamine. Glutamine is great to help starting the process to heal right so glutamine having a nutrition shake with glutamine L glutamine that's in it vitamin D okay that is important too that'll help start healing the gut anti-inflammatory gut a- anti-inflammatory effect gets right there into that gut steps starts bringing all of that down SPMs the pro resolving mediators are anti-inflammatory those are three right off the bat in combination with the very specific diet that I find really, really significantly helps out a lot. So probiotics, vitamin D, SPMs, and a nutrition shake with glutamine, L-glutamine, along with the diet, that is great. That is that is a home run as far as I'm concerned. Do you find that similar in your...
0: Yeah, and, and in my book, uh, chapter one, I kind of walk patients through the Institute for Functional Medicine Gut Healing Protocol. So involving a lot of those supplements you just mentioned. I'd say zinc is up there also. Zinc Zinc is is up there. Wound healing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of in our shake, our our gut, what do we call it? We have GA support and gut shield, two different kind of gut healing products. And then turmeric. I do use a lot of turmeric permitting they don't have a sensitivity. Because that's also
1: another great anti-inflammatory, right?
0: Yep. And then antioxidants. And occasionally I'll use prebiotics. I'm pretty shy with using prebiotics unless I know they need them just because I have, I'm someone who has had SIBO, who fiber sets me off. And so, you know, not everybody I'd say needs that. I like to test to know what what patients need. But
1: if you're not testing, you're guessing. That's our motto in in functional medicine, in part. If you're not testing, you're guessing. So if your doc is not testing and they're just kind of like going like this, yeah, and seeing what happens. Ah, we'll see in a month. No, no, no. We want to make sure that you get the best care possible.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about kind of your weight loss, I guess, program strategy with your clients. Like, how do you feel about? fad um, diets and like, how do you help patients? You've kind of already shared some of this, so I feel like we're kind of maybe repeating ourselves, but how do you help patients essentially with weight loss? Because so many of these patients have metabolic syndrome and they are overweight and clearly you were as well and you've lost a lot of that weight. So you want to speak on Yeah,
1: sure. I lost about 70 pounds, 65, 70 pounds. Again, number one is getting that food sensitivity done to make sure that you're feeding your body properly. I'm not a calories in, calories out type of a guy. I I, I don't like that. I mean, that's from, you ancient. know. Ancient, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's ancient. Because what happens with that fad diet that I call that is that once you calorically restrict yourself and you're working out, now you get rebound because now your relationship with food, and I think this is the important aspect of this, that relationship with food is still the same. So, okay, I'm going to eat a little fish. I'm going to have a little salad and I'm going to do that. I'm not going to have a lot of it. You know, some of these popular weight loss programs out there do this. They, You can have a little lasagna, but it's calorically restricting you. And so when it's done, now you get rebound and you gain not only that weight back, but another 15 to 20 pounds because now you're just starving. So eating the appropriate foods is important. Doing physical activity is important with this also. You know, and listen, you know what? I I I recommend I'm not a personal trainer or certified strength and conditioning specialist. I'm just a guy that's trained all of his life playing football and stuff. A simple recommendation after dinner, walking out 15 to 20 minutes and coming back 15 to 20 minutes, building up some cardiovascular strength, doing some resistance training because muscle is important. It's been called the it's been called the organ of longevity. You want to have high lean protein you want you want lean muscle mass you want to bring down the percent body fat and one thing that we haven't mentioned so far is sleep because without restful restorative sleep which you got to get rid of your stress during the day you can't have your cup of coffee at 10 o'clock at night well my father would have coffee at one o'clock in the morning and then he would just fall asleep but that was a story for a different time but without restful restorative sleep Your biochemical functions are just not going to function, if you will. And so you need that restful restorative sleep in order to make that work. Eating the appropriate diet. And I find when I do the food sensitivity test, people actually eating more. It's kind of like their body wants those nutrients from those foods that they want. So eating the appropriate diet for you, doing some physical activity, sleep, water, managing stress, that's the way that you're going to help reduce that weight that percent body fat if you will right
0: it sounds like initially you were put on medications because your cholesterol triglycerides are very high so flash forward right A couple decades here are you successfully off many medications
1: i'm successfully off of all medications i am successfully off of all medications we do the blood work every six months there are times when i do go on a statin for a period of time and then my personal internist is also my partner and she's a functional medicine doc so we'll strategize and maybe I'll go on it for a period of time but it hasn't been like this for a decade i'm very motivated i'm very motivated to stay healthy and we all, you know you and i talk about you know what is your why when you're dealing with somebody i have a 14 year old and i'm going to be 61 he plays hockey at a high level i want to be around that you know, want to be around for grandchildren with that. He and I went for a run last night. He's beating me now when, he, when we're running. He can't bench as much as I can though, so that's something that he's that he's struggling with. He says, "Dad, you're pretty strong for an old guy." You know, we'll see. So finding out that why is important, you Absolutely. know, yep. in order to stay motivated. So I'm not on any meds right now. Not on any meds. I work out. I find I, I have exercising that i do that i love to help myself out i just think that once you start this getting off the meds and if you're working with somebody such as yourself that can prescribe the meds you know taking them off is a happy day and let's go with it because now everything's within normal right as we say
0: Well, this was great, very motivating. So kind of tell us again where you're from, where listeners can find you and tell us about your discovery call, how patients can connect with you.
1: So I have, um, I I am in New Jersey. I'm licensed in in a lot of states. So I see uh, clients via telehealth in a lot of states. I have a discovery call, half an hour. I'll go over your blood work. I'll go over your lifestyle. I'll go over your diet. It's for free to see if I can even help you. If I can help you, I'll tell you. If I can't help you, Maybe I'll say, why don't you try this first, you know, and then let's keep in touch and let's talk in three months. So the discovery call is free, blood work, lifestyle, diet journal. I'll even do a, a pantry. I'll look at the pantry. They get their cell phone and they'll walk around. I'll say, all right, show me what's over here. What's that in the back? I'll say, what are you doing? What is that? Oh, I no, don't, I don't know if I like that. Open up your refrigerator. I'll take a look at that. The simple way to get me uh, is two ways. Email is dancardicchio at gmail, C-A-R-D is in David, E-L-L-I-C-H-I-O at gmail. And you can call me directly, 917-608-5896. I'm always available to talk, to help out an individual.
0: Awesome, awesome. As my listeners know, I wrap up every show with your top longevity tip. So what would yours be?
1: This is an interesting question, and it may be a little bit different than what other people have said. but. My longevity tips, people may say, you know, take the Mediterranean diet, do this, do this, do this. I'm going to say to your listeners, this is a personal responsibility, your longevity, personal responsibility. It's not the responsibility of anybody else. You need to take your health in your own hands. This is something I'm really serious about. This is something I talk about a lot. We're coming out of stuff over the last two years, it is a personal responsibility to make sure that you are healthy. It's a personal responsibility to make sure that you can fight off things. It's a personal responsibility to make sure that your biochemistry, your cholesterol, your autoimmune, whatever that is for you, is taken care of. You need to be involved in your health care You need to do every single day. It's just not a sometime thing. It's an all the time thing. I think that Lou Holtz or Vince Lombardi said that, you know, winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all the time thing. You have to do this every single day of your life. Have a cheat meal every now and again. But personal responsibility to longevity is my mantra.
0: No one has said that. That was strong. That was great. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. So thank you so much today for coming on the show and sharing what too is my passion, functional medicine and all the functional lab testing that we can offer patients and how really that can save lives. So you're still setting the world on fire just in a different way. So,
1: <laughs> That's right. Thank you for having me on. Motivate, educate and inspire. That's what we do. And I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you for having me on. Take care of your health.
0: Agreed. Mic drop. I'm glad Dr. Dan made the connection between poor gut health and poor cardiovascular health. It's so true that reducing inflammatory foods not only helps reduce inflammation in the gut, but also reduces inflammation through the entire body. So changing your diet can help reduce and reverse metabolic disease like it did for Dr. Dan. If you're a patient at the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic and haven't done food sensitivity testing or had a stool panel run, advanced lipid testing, or a comprehensive nutritional evaluation and you think this would be a good fit for you, please call the clinic and request this testing or discuss this at your next visit with one of our providers. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at your longevity blueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. This podcast is produced by team podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting.